This is Matt Pennington with Radio Free Asia. Welcome to South China Sea Currents, our weekly podcast on what's happening in the South China Sea. I'm joined by our South China Sea reporter, Drake Long, to talk about what he's been reporting on this week for Radio Free Asia and Banana News. How are you doing, Drake? Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. So this week, we look at wave power, not the kind dispensed by a smiling Xi Jinping on a state visit, but the kind you find in the ocean, which China wants to marshal as a source of energy. In his daily trawling through commercial satellite imagery, Drake spotted what he confirmed with experts to be a wave power generator off the coast of Woody Island, which is China's main settlement and base in the Paracels. So he's been looking into how that generator got there. He's also examined how China appears to be interested in diversifying its energy supplies on artificial islands scattered across the South China Sea. So first of all, Drake, the backstory, how did you spot this wave generator? Well, there's a number of things I spot every day on the satellite imagery that stick out. And there's a lot of things that simply don't stick out that I find out many days or even weeks later uh, were something fairly notable. This stuck out because it was in the middle of the ocean. It was a large rectangular shape that I had never seen before. I've spotted a lot of ships near Woody Island. I've spotted a lot of solar arrays on various outposts and whatnot. And this didn't look like any of that. So my first instinct was, this might be something interesting. I sent it off to an expert I knew, and then I looked into it some more, and I found out, sure enough, it is a wave energy converter or a wave power generator. Very interesting stuff. And then the story behind it was kind of a rabbit hole of digging through Chinese sources, Chinese news reports, press releases by the research institute that runs it. And then when you put it all together, you get a pretty neat picture of how China intends to power these remote outposts in the South China Sea. It's through renewable energy sources. And this is merely a really novel, new kind of way of doing that. So this wave power generator from the air, what does it look like and, and how big is it? It is a rectangle. It is about 45 by 32 meters. That's like the length and the width. But when I say it looks like nothing I've ever seen, that's because it literally just looks like a rectangle dropped in the center of the ocean. And after comparing some imagery over the past week from October 1st to about October 6th, I could see waves go in and out of it like it was capturing them. But from a bird's eye view, it doesn't look like anything. It's very odd. I couldn't quite tell what was going on there. If it was a ship, it looked like it was a capsized ship. It could have been like a solar array, but then at the same time, solar arrays don't look like that when they have waves passing through them. So I was actually at a bit of a loss. I, I had to you know, do a little bit of digging to figure out what this sort of thing was. And sure enough, luckily, there was another wave power generator in the same spot back in 2018, which provided just enough reference for me to realize what it was. Okay. So how far off the coast of Woody Island is this, uh, this wave power generator? Less than a mile. It's less right there. It's, really, it's less than a mile off the northern tip of it. So the thought is that it generates power that goes back to the island. Are you able to see how that happens? No, if that happens, it would be through a submarine cable or it would be stored on the generator and then taken to the island uh, physically. If there's, an, if there's a submarine cable, I wouldn't necessarily be able to see it from a satellite. But the implication, if it's that close to Woody Island, and Woody Island is a growing city, it's got about 2,000 people on it now, it kind of makes sense for it to be powering Woody Island. But uh, one of the things I, I did discover while doing research is it's most likely an experimental wave power generator. So it's probably not up to commercial scale to the point where it's providing a lot of power to Woody Island. They're probably got it hooked up just to monitor what kind of power it could give 
certain settlements out there. I get you. So how does China currently power places like Woody Island and the other places across Paracels and, and the Spratlys? Well, that's an interesting question. I actually was trying to find some source that would tell me that. And what I came across was a research article by some researchers from China's State Grid Corporation that state very clearly how different islands in the Paracels are powered. It's through a combination of diesel generators and some renewable fuels like solar and wind power. But solar and wind power, even though you can see that stuff from satellite, they don't actually make up as much of the energy mix as I thought. It's pretty much entirely diesel generators that power things. And as those researchers noted, diesel is not the most reliable energy source that has to get shipped in. I mean, diesel generators are actually quite fragile, more fragile than people might think. They're a dirty source of energy. They don't provide nearly enough as what they need, and they're just not reliable enough. So the purpose of that research article was actually to advocate for more renewables on China's remote outposts to create a new grid of mostly renewable energy. It was pretty interesting, and it was very fortunate to come across that. It kind of put the whole thing in context for me. So the idea is that it would allow greater energy security if you can generate your energy close to the islands rather than having to ship stuff in or have submarine cables that could be cut. Yeah, a lot of the islands, and when I say a lot, I really only mean Woody Islands. That's the only confirmed connection that we have. So Woody Island is connected to the mainland of China by a submarine cable. However, as the researchers note, submarine cables are fragile. They can get torn apart pretty easily by accident, actually. We just had a story this past week come out in Chinese news that we actually mentioned in our article that point out a fisherman actually tore apart a Chinese submarine cable connecting Woody Island to the mainland, which is uh, pretty unusual, but you know, it's, it's not impossible as there's more connections being made and fishermen aren't aware of those sorts of things. They're more likely to get torn apart. And as those researchers in the state grid paper noted, those submarine cables provide the baseload, the reliable source of power that uh, has to kick on no matter what in emergency circumstances to those islands. So there actually is a need to create a new microgrid that turns those islands more self-sufficient, and that's where renewables come in. Yeah, the logistics of this, how China supplies its islands scattered across what is a vast uh, area of ocean, it is very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually had to talk with an expert, Jonas Nam, a professor of energy resources and the environment at Johns Hopkins University, about this wave generator to see, you know, why is it out there? Why is it at the South China Sea Islands when it could be much closer to home? And he's not a South China Sea expert. This is not something he normally studies, but he's a huge expert on China's renewable energy industry. And he actually gave me some of his thoughts on why that wave generator or why any renewable energy sources might be out in the middle of the nowhere in the South China Sea. Uh, let's give a little bit of a listen. I can only speculate about the sort of, if there are geopolitical motives putting these, these turbines out there, but um, it might just be that the wind resources are particularly good out there to test certain kinds of uh, applications or certain, you know, might be a particularly rough environment to test the kind of stability and resilience of these, these installations. Um, but I can only speculate there. Okay, so what he's saying is that the paracels could be used as a testing ground for these technologies. Yeah, uh, it does kind of make sense. These do have the sorts of ideal conditions. I mean, a wave power generator just needs a lot of ocean to kind of operate in. So you can monitor not only how much energy is it creating, but, you know, its resilience. Can it withstand high pressure waves? Can it withstand high pressure wind? And he seems to think that also extends to a lot of the wind farms and solar panels that we see in the South China Sea as well. 
And he was talking also, I think, in your interview with him about how China has got quite ambitious goals for how much wind power it wants to or how much wave power it wants to generate in the coming years. Yes. I mean, he said that there was a wind farm, I believe it was, that he wanted that China has ambitions to generate something like 50 gigawatts of wind power by a certain year. Uh, 50 gigawatts, by the way, a, a nuclear power plant puts out one gigawatt. So that's a lot of power for renewables. It, it kind of boggles the imagination. But China's very ambitious about renewable energies. There's a lot of reasons for that. They've set themselves a lot of very ambitious climate goals that they want to meet. But on top of that, there's issues like air pollution, environmental concerns that the average Chinese citizen cares a lot about that China is trying to remedy through the use of more renewables. The country itself produces mostly coal at this point. According to Nam, that's really the only resource that China has, not even oil. They import oil, they produce coal. And while coal is a huge industry, it's just so dirty that they're trying to get away from it with uh, quite a bit of success by his count. I think he said that 80% of their carbon emissions at the moment are still from coal, right? Yeah, so that's another aspect. So, you know, at, at the 75th General Assembly meeting, uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping said, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2060, and people were very excited about that. But the, the caveat is right now, about 80% of China's uh, carbon emissions are from coal plants, dirty coal plants, right. huge coal plants. It's a long way to get to that point. In the, the hierarchy of renewable energy, I guess you have solar and wind power are the main sources, right, that can be done commercially. Wave power is lower down the pecking order at the moment. Yeah, so can't emphasize this enough. The wave power generator that we have in that story is definitely an experiment, and we have releases attesting to as much. It's a demonstration. Everyone I talked to who even looked at the wave power generator, one person was very enthusiastic to see one being tested at this scale pointed out that wave power generation is not at the commercial level yet. You don't see wave power farms. China is trying to build one, but it's not done yet. This particular wave power generator is owned by a research institute. It's not owned by a private company at this point. It's not being run to power the grid of China or to power the grid of the Paracel Islands. So wave power generator is kind of a lesser known renewable energy. Uh, solar to wind is much further along. There's plenty of European countries that have massive wind farms that actually supply like a main part of their power grid. Wave power is not there yet. But, you know, it's a sign of things to come. I think it's very intriguing to kind of track these uh, demonstrations as they happen, especially in an area like the South China Sea. And didn't he also discuss how China could have sort of economic goals in mind when it's doing these tests and demonstrations of wave power energy? Yes, actually. Uh, let's just hear it in his own words. You know, aside from these climate considerations, China you know, very good at making you know, a big array of clean energy technologies from electric vehicles and batteries to offshore has seen this as a kind of an economic development strategy or sort of national competitiveness strategy. So I think the domestic markets in many ways are serving as the testing grounds for technologies that China has hoped uh, it can export eventually either through kind of the Belt and Road Initiative and other sort of export programs to other developing economies, but hopefully also to you know, markets and advanced industrialized economies. And so, you know, they're making 65 or 70% of the world's solar panels and have, have done so for a long time. And I think that model of sort of, you know, investing domestically in manufacturing and scale up and then hopefully finding export markets for these products has also driven um, investments in other new energy technologies recently. So he's kind of saying that this could be part of China's grander national economic development plan. Yeah, I mean, 
this kind of meshes a lot with other things that we've seen in the South China Sea. There's a lot of ecological monitoring stations out there. There's a lot of research stations getting set up on these isolated outposts. If you have a national economic strategy, uh, you have to test all these different industries you kind of want to invest in. And China is very centrally planned in that way. The South China Sea, it's just water. I mean, China occupies all this area in the Paracels. It's the perfect place to test some of this stuff. And they'll give massive subsidies to any company or research institute that puts stuff out there. So basically what he's saying is that with wave power generation, as with solar panels and as with wind turbines, they want to demonstrate them just to the point where they can make them commercially viable and then they'll dominate global market share in it. So I think China's the main producer of solar panels in the world at this point. Uh, I believe they're getting to that point with offshore wind turbines. In the future, they might get to that point with uh, wave power generators. Very interesting. So at the end of all of this, are you sort of clear in your mind about how China actually sustains the islands in the South China Sea? I mean, do you think renewables are going to be critical to those islands in the future? Yes. I mean, that that was my impression from people I talked to and from reading that report by uh, the state grid researchers. They seem to think that the current strategy of resupplying those outposts is just untenable. They have to create some self-reliant energy source. And renewables are getting better and better every single day. They're getting much better at energy storage. They're getting much better at uh, being more compact, but producing the same amount of energy. I think that geopolitical tensions aside, I think that's one thing China is actually very concerned about. The South China Sea and the Paracels in particular are a perfect place to set up wind farms and solar panel arrays. And I don't think it's a coincidence that on any given day, I can look at basically any outpost China has out there and they have solar arrays and turbines set up. That was one of the first things they built on those islands. So I, th I think that's generally where the future is. Wave power, how it will figure into that, I'm not sure yet, but I don't think it's a coincidence that they decided to test this large wave power generator so close to Woody. I think it's probably going to be at least a, a part, maybe a small part, maybe a big part of their future energy plans for their uh, outposts. Okay, well, thank you very much, Drake. You can check out his previous articles on the rfa.org and at bananews.org. You can also catch up on our previous podcasts at that, both those sites. And you can search for South China Sea Currents on Spotify and iTunes. If you've got any questions or feedback for us, please email us on South China Sea, that's all one word, at rfa.org, or follow Drake on Twitter. His handle is drm underscore long. I'm Matt Pennington with Drake Long, the South China Sea reporter for Radio Free Asia and Banan News. This podcast series is created by Leo Kim and produced by Radio Free Asia. Thank you for listening and please join us again. Bye.